Bump and Run with Bernie and Dalby. Presented by Burrito Express, your local burrito joint. Now, here's Brett Bernheisel and Steve Dalby. All right. This is podcast number two. Two. Not not three, but two. We were going to do two last week, but Dalby, you're a busy individual, and you were... uh, you were in San Diego at Torrey Pines again. So let me, look, look, before we get to golf, how does somebody go to San Diego for 10 days? Well, in fact, two weeks ago, you were there for the U.S. Open, three weeks ago. Go to San Diego for 10 days, leave on a Saturday, come home, and then go back on a Monday. I mean, isn't it easier to rent the Motel 6 for the entire <clears throat> three weeks than it is to come home and then fly back and do this all over again? Well, had I known it was going to work out like this, I probably would have just been better off renting a place for a month and enjoying the weather over there. But as it was, um, Troy Merritt um, qualified for the U.S. Open. I'm looking at my calendar here. He qualified on June 7th. So on June 14th, I headed over. Um, That was the 14th through the 20th of June. And then... um, on the 26th, we had a two-week family vacation, which happened to be over there at Mission Beach, um, rented a house and just took it easy for a couple weeks. And then um, a couple of my uh, junior golfers qualified for Junior Worlds, which is at Torrey Pines. And so, yeah, I drove back from San Diego on Saturday and then... Um, Got on a plane Monday and headed back over there and worked. There was a practice round Monday at Torrey, and then I stayed for the the first two rounds of the tournament. And the Junior Worlds is a big deal in the world of junior golf. Um, uh-huh. It's um, the different age groups. The big one is the four, the 15 to 18 age group, girls and boys. The boys happened to play on the south at Torrey, and they actually played. It was kind of cool. They played the U.S. Open pins um, through the week, so that was nice. A lot of college coaches over there, so there was um, – there's one um, kid that I worked with who's committed to go to USC, but I had another kid who um, I was trying to get a little bit of interest, so wanted to talk to some coaches. And um, the good news was my uh, my my uh, soon-to-be uh, USC player won the tournament. So he, um, Gavin Aurelia, um, it's Rich Aurelia, the baseball player. His uh, his youngest we've had him son. On the show. Got, yeah, we've had him on the show. Um, his son won, and it was uh, it was a nice way to. Uh, to uh, start his two weeks, he um, he obviously played Junior Worlds last week. He won the tournament, and then this week, starting tomorrow, he's at the uh, the U.S. Junior Amateur the, uh, over in in Pinehurst. So busy couple weeks for him before he starts college golf. It was uh, it was good, and and it's a it's a good tournament. It's a great win um, because if you, you 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 did you play in it? I played in it twice. Never won, but I played in it twice. I played in it when I was thirteen, fourteen at. Uh, Oh, I don't remember the court. My my fourteen to sixteen year, we played at uh, Balboa somewhere. But yeah, I played okay. at, uh, Junior World twice. I uh, I actually <laughs> maybe had a chance to have the lead at the final round one year, and uh, let's just say I had a meltdown. Uh, I think I finished fifth, but uh, you know what? Yeah, Junior World, and and, <clears throat> and 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 not to interrupt you, but I'm gonna. I think it's really cool. When we, you know, we did our podcast, you know, ten days ago or whatever, and you talked about having eighteen wins as a coach on the PGA Tour with all the guys you've had. But you, the the voice 
in you when you called me and you said, my guy won the junior world was was so cool because it was it, it it was I think it was completely different for you because it wasn't a professional win, which you know your guys out there you know every now and then they win a tournament, but now you have a you have a, a, a eighteen year old or seventeen year old kid that you're teaching that you've taught for a long time that wins honestly the biggest junior golf tournament in the world, and that's a cool thing. Yeah, no, it is, and there there was a big big uh, list of winners. They have a big um, a big sign out there that they brought out, and he'll join that next year. And it started in 1968. I'm looking at it right now. Craig Statler, Nick Price, John Cook, Corey Pavin, David Toms, uh, Tiger Woods, obviously, Nota Begay, uh, Pat Perez, Joe Kreibel, Kevin Statler, um, you know, Anthony Kim, uh, just some really real Jason Day. Um, then you, you look, Emilio Grio, um, of the younger guys, Bo Hostler, um, Joaquin Neiman won it twice in 15 and 16. Wow. Think about that. He won it in 15 and 16 and look at what he's doing now. So it's really for, for Gavin, it's a, it, it kind of, it shows that he belongs. And I think that it shows too, that if things go the well of the way that maybe we think they might, he's got a chance to maybe do more damage at Torrey down the road. And you taught, and, and, and you've taught Sean O'Hare since he was that age or even younger. I mean, when you look, when you when when you win such a pristine event like Junior World, I mean, is it is it like the sky's the limit for something for somebody like that? Is it is it a a Sean O'Hare career or is it, it? How do you how do you rate that as far as a coach? Because you've you've taught you know, O'Hare since he was whatever, and now you've, you're teaching Gavin. Is there comparisons or is there, is it just whatever it is? Yeah, well, I think, I think a little bit of it is obviously you compare and, and I look at the juniors over, over the years that I've worked with and, and as he moves into college, you know, there's a chance for some really good things to happen with him. Um, the, the, the interesting thing I said, they played the, um, they played the, 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 the pins of the U.S. Open, the golf course was much different. The rough was down. Um, they played it up a little bit. Gavin hits it three miles and his miss is a little bit of a push. So even that practice round, I knew that this set up well for him because it just the golf course was a perfect situation where he could bomb it. His miss would be in play and um, he's pretty good with his wedges and his putter. So it, it, it was a good formula. And then obviously that sounds great on Monday, but to pull it off, over four rounds of golf, that's uh, that's that's very satisfying as a as a coach to see that happen. Well, congratulations to you. By the way, yeah. thank you for getting me this uh, U.S. Open hat um, that my wife has now stolen. Um, oh, she likes so it. You know, she does like it, and it does fit her, so she will be wearing this um, now. But thank you very much. So let's talk yeah. about what happened today. The British, the the British Open. I'm going to call it the British Open because Colin Morikawa called it the British Open. Yes, his, he did. I li and I kind of liked it. I kind of liked in it. His in his acceptance <laughs> speech, he called it the British Open. Now, when yep. he had to go back about 10 minutes later or eight minutes later, he called it the Open. But he called it the British Open. Now, I've told you on the on, on this show, there's podcast, this is our second one. I told you on the first podcast that back in the day when I had a radio show here in the Valley, that Andrew McGee called me out because I called it the British Open, and he got really mad at me. And he really did. And and 
we haven't talked since then because I haven't seen him since then, but whatever. Do you have a problem with him calling it the British Open or should it be called the Open Championship? As Dustin Johnson said in his interview the other day before the tournament started, well, I call it the Open Championship because that's what it's called or should it be called the British Open? Yeah, I, I, I think you refer to it as the Open Championship, but for us, you know, we call it the British Open. It's fine. I think it was, I'm guessing Colin probably kind of slipped with that. It just came out. Um, I generally call it the Open Championship, but I'll, 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 you know, forget and call it the British Open. But I thought it was, I kind of thought it was funny a little bit. And, um, you know, it's all good. And especially on a Ryder Cup year, I think it was okay to call it the British Open. Did you see Kisner's hat the other day? I did not. 1776, red, white, and blue. That's cool. Yeah, I, I like Kiz. I liked it. Yep. So, I, I you, like, know, you, know, I, you know, I like. Yeah, I like Kiz because he he's not afraid to have a few beers and talk his mind. He's no, he, he doesn't reminds care. me a lot of myself. He reminds me a lot of myself, except he's <clears> younger and a lot skinnier. But yeah, he reminds me a lot of myself, that, and that's the way that I that I taught. But I I like the fact that more that that Morikawa speech today when he won, and he's twenty four years old. Twenty four years old, you know, he's got five victories in his first fifty events. Two of them are majors. He sounded like a polished. 35-year-old speaking when he won the tournament. I thought it was one of the coolest speeches I've ever seen. I mean, he he congratulated the amateur. He congratulated everybody. He thanked everybody. 24 years old and what he's accomplished so far in the world of golf in such a short time, I was very, very the, the, the interview, the press conference, what, I was very impressed by everything he did today. Very, very polished. Um, obviously, oh, you know, physically his his game is very polished. But then, as you say, take golf away as a 24-year-old yeah. kid. Yeah. He's the, you know, he's that kid that if you were a father, you want to have your kid have that polish, have that poise, have that, um, just that ability to, to stay calm in that situation and, and make a great, great speech. Um, you know, he, he's a smart kid. He went to Cal. Uh, the funny thing, uh, Bernie, and you said it, you know, he's 24 years old. My wife and I were watching, and I did watch a little bit of golf today. I tell you, you know, I don't watch watch much golf when Troy and or my guys aren't playing. And I don't. And you don't. But I did watch that. But it was, we were, we were thinking, and it was just, it was just two years ago, just two years ago that Morikawa beat Troy Merritt in the Reno tournament, which is not the biggest tournament in the world, for his first PGA Tour win. So you think of how far he's come in just those two years um, to be a, a two-time major champion. And today, you know, just a very, very solid round of golf, uh, you, you, you know, four birdies and 14 pars. And it was, it really, I think, the seventh hole was where it all happened. He makes birdie, Oosthausen makes bogey and and you know that was sort of where the thing the tide turned a little bit and and um you know i bet jordan spieth is kicking himself for that finish yesterday but he just oh, absolutely. um morikawa morikawa just took the took the tournament and uh, and you know did what he needed to do to to win the claret the way that more and, and you know and and you've known me for a while i don't get up at four o'clock in the morning Okay, I'm not a four o'clock guy. That's for I damn have sure. Been, I never have been unless I caddied on tour because maybe sometimes my guys had the first tee time, you know, whatever. 
But I watched the whole entire thing today. What shocked me was the way that Oosthuizen played. I really thought he was going to win the tournament. And I was, and we'll talk about this later. Me and Schubert will come on and we'll mute you. We'll talk about some of the financial things that might have happened in my life today. But that Morikawa, he made every putt that he had to make today. When you didn't expect him to make it, he made it. When you thought he'd make it, he made it. And it just uh -huh. kept going over and over and over. And even, you know, the Spieth, the Spieth made such a great move today. And I'll tell you what, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say it right now. I'm going to say it right now. If John Rahm could putt, John Rahm would have won the British Open this week. He missed so many putts inside 12 feet that lipped out or hung over the edge. It was incredible. I'm not going to take anything away from Markawa, but John Rahm, he, he hit it so good today and putted so bad that there's a reason why he's the number one or two players in the world. But I'm going to change the subject real quick, and I'm going to put you point spot. Ready? Here we go. Okay. Is Colin Morikawa the best golfer under the age of 28? I think he is, yeah. I think so. I, uh, it's a lot of good young players. There yeah, is. I think he's the best. I think he's the best, and, I mean, he's won these two quicker than most, and so, um, yeah. He's the guy. He would be the, uh, the 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 you know the top young player right now. But now how old is Spieth? I think he's right there, twenty-seven. I, I don't know. I don't have anything in front of me. But you know, so you look at a you know you he, you he comes at, he comes out of the same class as Thomas and all those guys that are yeah. probably right in there. And I just fired a number. I didn't I didn't have a specific yeah. number. This isn't this isn't like something like like all right. I'm going to ask a specific question. I just mm -hmm. made up a number and. From from what I what I saw, and I agree with you, I 100% agree with you. What I saw today was somebody that is calm. He didn't get yeah. riled by anything. It didn't. Now he got a couple of lucky breaks. You know, the couple of balls that the one should have gone to the bunker in like 13 or whatever in that greenside bunker. But he is just calm, calm, calm. And I think, I think you're right. I think he is the best player of this genre. I mean, you have. Well, and, and if you, you know, if you look at his, if you look at his class, those guys that came out in the summer and played. So it was him. Um, it was Victor Hovland. I mean, obviously he's really good. It was Matt Wolf. Wolf. He's really good. Um, so, you know, you've got, but those guys haven't won two majors. And then the other guy that was the the can't miss of that group that's not quite out there yet is Justin Saw. He's, he's really good. Um, he did better than all three of them in college, but it's just taken him a little time to kind of get his his, his feet wet. Um, he's going to be really good. But I think if you look at those guys who played that summer uh, after college, um, you know, Morikawa's got the, the big lead on them on, on right now. And they're, and, and you look at Wolf and, um, and, and Hovland, they're really, really good. Morikawa today... I, I, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna throw it out there. I'm just gonna here it is. I'm gonna throw it out there. This guy, he's gonna win ten majors, and he's gonna win fifty tournaments if he stays healthy. If he stays healthy, he's gonna win ten majors. I'm just gonna say set ten, and he's gonna win fifty tournaments. That's how good I think he is. Just because you know his upbringing or whatever it might be. He is just, you don't see any emotion out of him. 
and you see a lot of emotion out of out of you know really good players. You see emotion out of a you know a Justin Thomas or well, you don't see anything out of DJ because he doesn't have any emotions. But you see emotions out of all these you know the other good players. Rom, you know, gets fired up. But this this Morikawa, he is just level. He is level, and I think that's what it takes to be successful, especially nowadays. Nowadays, it's different than it used to be, like when you and I were younger. But he has that demeanor that I think we're going to see for a long, long time. Yeah, and, and I think his game, his game is suited to major championship golf. Um, you know, he hits that, he likes to hit it left to right. So off the tee, it's a very... Um, it's a very safe play. Um, he hit 70, almost 72% of the fairways this week. He hit 78% of the greens. So he's a good ball striker. Um, both of those stats are ahead of the, the average of the field. And then he puts it really nicely. And um, so he has sort of that, he's not going to maybe overwhelm a golf course like some of these sure. guys. He's not going to, sure. and, and that's, and that's okay. Um, you know, you would say, well, you can't play a cut at Augusta. Um, we can argue that, but I mean, his game to me is just set up for major championship golf and big tournaments. And so, you know, that's why he plays well in WGC events. That's why he's going to play well, like you said, in big events for a long, long time. And, and he is, he's a, he's a very level-headed kid. And, and Bernie, if you've met him, I've had a chance to meet him a couple of times. He's just very friendly, big smile to everybody. And, um, uh, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm really happy for him. Oosthuizen's 38. He won a main, he won the British Open. I'm going to call it the British Open because it's our podcast. Um, yep. Ten years ago, he's uh, he's now got eight top threes in the majors since then. Is it? And maybe you don't know the answer, I don't know, but I really thought at the beginning of the week, and I told everybody I was very adamant about it that Oosthuizen's winning the tournament. And I wake up Thursday morning, and I didn't wake up at 4. Woke up about 8, 7.30, and he's got the lead. He's got the mm -hmm. lead after the first round. He's got the lead after the second round. He's got the lead out of the third round. I mean, this is the first time, I think, since uh, I saw something since 07 that somebody's led a major after the first, second, and third rounds and not won the tournament. Are you surprised by how he played today because it looked like he was in so much control of his game for the first three days. And, and I'll be on the first five or six holes today. He looked, he looked indifferent. He missed a short putt early and it didn't look like Louis Oosthuizen. And I, I, I really, I mean, when, when I went to bed last night and I was texting with a couple of friends, I thought there's no way he's not winning the tournament. And, you know, you, you can look at whatever you want to do and, and, Morikawa was supposed to beat him according to people or cities. Um, I was surprised by how – I don't say he played awful today, but he didn't play very well. What did you think of, of what happened today? Yeah, well, today he shot 71 on a golf course that was not not a difficult golf course. This was – you know, right. the cut was – the cut, I think, you know, one over par. Uh, you noticed how green the golf course was. And uh -huh. so um, it did not play to a firm, fast, open kind of, you know, seaside golf kind of thing. So it was it was different. Um, 
so today to shoot 71, but I would say I wasn't surprised because the one thing with Louie and, and it's, it's the putter and, and what you said, he missed a short putt early. That just seems to happen. And it seems to happen on the fourth round of major championships. And I think even other tournaments where the putter just doesn't always help him as much as it helps other players. He, you know, you look at that golf swing, you look at the way he strikes a golf ball, he's going to hit it as well as most, uh, maybe better than most, but um, it just seems like on the, when it really, really matters, the putts just don't go for him. And there are players that are like that. And um, you mentioned John Rahm, you, you know, he's obviously, he's, he's made his share of putts, but this week wasn't his week on the greens. And, and, you know, if it was maybe, you know, if he, if Jordan Spieth's putting for, Louis, or if Jordan Spieth's putting for John Rahm, they're the champions this week. But, you know, Jordan Spieth was playing his own game and, and he played very well. But I think for Louis, that's just the one thing that's probably held him back a little bit over the years. So he, okay, and I, agree, I agree with everything you said. But for somebody not to be able to win in a major, but still finishes second or third. It wasn't like they, it wasn't like they had a complete meltdown. It wasn't like you know all of a sudden, you know the nerves got to him. You know on the final round of whether it's the U.S. Open, you know with Rom or this week, you know with 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 Morikawa and Speed. What? As a coach, how do you how do you? And I'm not saying getting ahead of Louis Eustazen, because Louis Eustazen already knows what he's, he's he's been there. You know eight. Eight top threes, you know, in the last few years. But how do you how how do you change the mindset of like maybe one of your players that that maybe let's just say let's just say you're Ustazen's coach and and you know all of a sudden you know you've gone ten years without winning a major but you finish in the top three you know in eight of the you know whatever it might have been how how do you change the mindset of a player to be able to get over that hump to be able to get it done. Yeah, and that's the, you know, that's the the million dollar question. I think for Louis, now tell me, Bernie, what happened on the seventh hole? He made birdie or bogey on the par five, the seventh. What did he do? Okay, so he drove it in the middle of the fairway. Okay. And he hit a he hit a block into the right hand greenside bunker, probably a foot, two feet from the embankment that's right there. Okay. It's a it's a tough shot. He probably had probably 50, 60 feet, and he sculled it. He sculled it over the green into the bunker on the other side, and it buried underneath the the wall again. I, I'm going to call it a wall. I don't know what they call it, but I'm going to call it a wall. So it and it buried. I mean, it went and buried. So then now he's now hitting his fourth shot, and I'm thinking to myself. I hope he can get it out of the bunker because I'm, 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 as we'll talk about later, I'm well invested in this Louis Oosthuizen. That's why we're talking right. about it so much. He then has to, I, I'm just hoping he gets it out of the thing and I'm hoping he doesn't make seven. Then he has to, he hits it out of the bunker to about, I don't know, 60 feet and then two putts for six <clears throat> where Morikawa mm -hmm. hit driver, didn't hit enough club to get it to the green on purpose, then chipped up to about, I don't know, an inch, inch and a half, knocked it in two-shot swing where it could have been a three-shot swing. And I think that's where the momentum of Oosthuizen left because of what happened. He hit that one yeah. block right <clears throat> shot, and I think he was – I think once once it was a two-shot swing in that hole, I think that's where all the momentum went to 
went to Morikawa, and then he made every Morikawa made everybody look dead. He made everybody look well, dead today. Yeah, and then and then also on that hole, <clears throat> Jordan Spieth, he makes three. He does, and Connors in the John, same same group. John Rahm makes three, so it's an easy hole. And you know, Louis a ball striker. He made a mistake. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't hit a good shot. And and you know that's now is that nerves? Is it whatever? I you know I don't know. Um, but it sounds. I think, you know, it's just probably unfortunate that that was the place that he hit a lousy shot. You know, you look at what happened in Kentucky today. Um, JT Poston hit a had a picked a bad time to hit a lousy shot. Um, but sometimes it happens. But I think for Louis. If I was coaching him, I probably would be spending more time short game. And he may be working a ton on his short game, but that'd be where the focus would be, hoping that when he's down to the wire in these tournaments, because Mike, you know, he's it seems like every major right now, he's in he's in the he's in the, the picture. So absolutely let's work on so let's work on short game a little bit, a little bit more, and just see if that doesn't just maybe take him over the edge in one of these things. Does a player get mentally fried when they can't get it done? I mean, he he had a chance to win the U.S. Open, and he hit it in a lumber yard on 17. I mean, is this something that just rolls through your head like this is going to happen again, this is going to happen again? And I mean, and I know you're a coach, and I know you're not the player, and but does it just, just – do you think negative things as, you know, I've been here before and I hit it in a – in the shit night or did this or whatever. I mean, is that, does that just keep flowing through your mind? I mean, and you talk about JT posting today and we're, and I, and I want to touch on that in a minute, but does, does that, can you ever get rid of those bad, I guess, can you ever get rid of those bad demons? I think there's certain people that can let it go. And there's certain people that remember. And I know there's some players that just remember certain courses. They don't feel good on that golf course. Uh, certain shots or certain things that have happened, um, they 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 remember that. And so, you know, there I think some players do have scar tissue in certain situations. And when that situation comes back up, it is it is harder for them. Um, and it, it was it, it's I think a guy like DeChambeau, you know, he kind of made a mess on that last nine holes at the U.S. Open. Mm -hmm. Didn't kind of make a mess. He made a mess played like sure. shit hit you yeah. know you talk about sculling shots and doing weird stuff and look like me he looked like me he, he you know he was trying to mentally um say okay it was just not something weird happened whatever but then did he take that and he was trying so hard this week that all of a sudden he's now blaming his club company for his per his poor play uh-huh. You know, so is there something going on there where where there's some some mental stuff going on in his head? Just and, and I don't know, but I'm just saying that was you know the, all these guys make pretty good golf clubs. So I you know, I don't know that you're blaming the driver that you, you know, <laughs> you can't get it in play. So I think, you know, there's there's certain guys that let it go. You know, I think of Jack Nicholas. I don't think anything ever bothered him, whether it went good, whether it didn't go so good. And most of the time it went well, but he, you know, his strategy and his thought process, 
His mental game was so much stronger than the guys that he was probably playing against at the time. He's going to have the advantage. Tiger Woods in his prime, his mental game was so much stronger than the rest. He's going to have the advantage. You'd think a guy like Colin Morikawa being as level, like you said, as level as he is, um, you know, that's, that's a, that's a great, that's a great mental game for these kind of things. And, and, you know, you look at Jordan, Jordan plays great, but he is so up and down with his emotions that I think maybe that's why he struggled for a little bit. And he even, I think today talked about scar tissue on some shots, on certain shots. He wasn't quite sure. Um, He was remembering some, you know, some shitty shots from the last 12 months. And so they do remember. They remember. Let's dive into the DeChambeau. You brought it up. And I don't, I, 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 I wasn't going to bring it up. Let's dive into it. What do you think of what he did when he called Cobra out on Thursday, saying basically that my club, my driver's dog shit, it's their fault, it's not me, you know, I'm Bryson DeChambeau. You know, the club head looks terrible. I don't like it. We've had eight prototypes. They can't fix it. He says that, and then the CEO of Cobra comes back and goes, whoa, slow down, dude. Oh, yeah, and that was, I think, Bryson, for his, he might be one of these guys that's a dumb, smart guy. I give you that. Does that make sense? He's a dumb, yeah, smart guy because he—he's—he's he's, you know he's supposed to be a rocket science scientist you know a physics major yeah. all this stuff, but from a standpoint of just saying something that makes sense sometimes he doesn't do a very good job and to blame you know when you start blaming things um, especially your sponsors it's probably not a very good idea and I was glad that they I was glad that uh, Cobra came back and said hang on here you know. We're, we're, we're working on this. And, and quite frankly, if the driver was terrible or he just couldn't figure out a way to hit driver, why couldn't he just play a three-wood around that golf course? His three-wood still goes, what, 310? Probably. So, you know, so why not just hit three-woods, hit it in the fairway, and you're still past most of the guys anyway? So that, that from a strategy standpoint, that makes no sense to me. I love the fact that, that – and you knew it was going to happen. I mean, anybody in the social media industry or follows social media or whatever knew it was going to happen that <coughs> after the third round, Kepka comes out and says, I'm driving it well. I love my driver. <laughs> I mean, that, that that to me – I mean, Bryson is, is – is, and you, you talk about a smart, dumb guy. I mean, a, a dumb, smart guy. Bryson set himself up for this, this Twitter thing or social media thing between the two of them. And, you know, the, everybody, who, whoever follows golf on Twitter, go follow Club Pro guy. I don't know the guy. I think Dolby knows who the guy might be, but he's never going to tell me. And it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. But he put out this funniest tweet the other day that he's been playing his links driver and it hits it like total dog shit but he's not going to complain because he gets cost plus 10 percent, and it's an agreement agreement they made and and that's that's what this i mean i i just don't understand like how bryson and like you said he's probably one of the smartest people he's a he's an smu you know 
scientist, mad scientist, but yet he calls out his own sponsors. I'm surprised that that the like Cobra didn't go to Brooks Kepka and and and, and back the truck up on him. Yeah, well, and 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 I don't know, you know, today. Bryson shot a very smooth-looking 65, five birdies, 13 pars. So, you know, it's not bad. But, I mean, you do look you do look at his statistics. He only hit 50% of the fairways. The average field was 63. But he managed to hit 83% of the greens. And, and, and it, it just might be more that that golf course, there was long grass. There was long fescue-ish rough. Um, oh, you yeah. know, it might have just it might have just been a situation where that golf course didn't fit him very well because, you know, there's times where he can hit 50 percent of the fairways and win a golf tournament. But, you know, if you're in that hay all day, even even as strong as he is, you're not going to be able to get the ball out with control. But today it was fine. So I don't know what driver he hit today. Maybe at a Titleist driver. I don't know. But, you know, it was it seems to be that it was fine today. So um, probably and I've said this before, I think Bryson. And, you know, I don't know how old Bryson is. He's still a young guy. He's he's, he's in, that, he's in that under 28 area. Yeah. He's, he's in that under he's, 28. He's still a kid. And I think that one was a mistake that a, a kid would make. So one of the best tweets today um, from a friend of yours and has been on our show before, Colt Nost, said that the Claret Jug this year will get a lot <clears> more sleep than it has in the last two years pertaining to Shane Lowry winning the uh, Open. Uh, I thought that was an absolute genius tweet because, yeah. you know, Collins, Collins, the guy that, you know, is more subdued, you know, and, you know, Lowry's that let's go to the pub, dude. Let's go to the pub. Let's, let's have a Guinness. Let's, let's do all that. And I think that was a really cool tweet today. I saw. Yeah, no, he's good. He's good. And, and, you know, Bernie, the one thing I like Bryson, I've met him. Um, I, I like him, but I just think he's sometimes maybe he just speaks before he thinks, you know, well, he, lost a caddy. That... he lost a caddy. He lost, he lost a caddy because I mean, I mean, Steve, you, you, you teach, you teach, you have a junior world champ. You have 18 tour victories as a coach. Tell me that there's got to be a point to where, okay, enough is enough practice. You don't have to turn the lights on at, at, at bank one ballpark, or you don't have to turn the lights off on, on Yankee stadium. There's time to relax, rest, get your body back in shape, go have dinner, go to sleep. And we'll do this again tomorrow. You got to tell me. There's no way that you've ever told O'Hare, Merritt, uh, Aurelia, Martin Laird, all the guys that you've coached. You've no way you've ever told them we're going to stay out here and hit balls until until we can't see anymore. No, there's been. Now I will say there's been times where I've been out on the range. You know when the when the sun is going down. There's been times, but generally I'm more about quality work, less less time out there, more quality work, and I I think. You know, days off are not a bad thing. I tell my my junior golfers to take a day off once in a while, and you know, then I hear from the parents. You know, because my God, you know, he can't take a day off. He or she can't take a day off. Take a day off. You know, you're not going to forget how to swing a golf club. I remember the last time you gave me a lesson, and it did help. I just can't take it to the course. <coughs> Excuse me, because I don't trust anything. But you and I, you you watched me hit balls for twenty minutes, twenty, and you said, "Okay, we're done." And you said, let's move on. 
because I mean, I agree with you. Over practices, I mean, you can you can you can beat balls until you're blue in the face, but it's not. What are you trying to accomplish? I mean, I mean, DeChambeau hits, you know, three four hundred balls, three hundred four hundred drivers. I mean, it's just yeah. that I just don't. I just I, I don't I don't get it. Um, did when you so, caddied when you hang on Bernie when you caddied, did you have any range? rats or were there guy or was it more go play and then and then leave or, or you know who who was the guy that stayed out there or, or did you have one no i uh and did the guys did the guys practice much i mean we're we are talking about you know an era or two before this era thank thank you for mentioning that um yeah that's okay you know, like like back in like back in my picture you got my, my buddy billy judah back there my you can see it back there. Here, let me move it up real quick, and I'll move it right back down. You know, yeah. Jude and I, we hit we hit balls before. We wouldn't hit many balls after unless we had issues. Um, mm -hmm. You know, RW, RW, he's a he's a he's a big time practice guy, and you know him very well. He's a big time practice guy when the tournament's not going on. Once a right. tournament, once a round was over, you know, whether we shot sixty five or seventy three <clears> or seventy five or Whatever, we're done. See ya. We're getting in the car, put it in the put the clubs in the back of the car and we're heading to the hotel. I mean it was Did you ever shoot seventy five? Did, did I ever shoot seventy five? No, did R W did he ever post a seventy five or was he gone? That's I would think he'd question. be in the let car. Me at, let me think about this first. R W wasn't afraid 70. to head to the he wasn't afraid to head to the car when he wasn't happy. Okay, so now you brought this story up. So we're in uh, 1991. We're in uh, Lake City, Florida, home of uh, Pat Summerall, the great Pat Summerall before he passed away. And we're playing in the Lake Lake City Nike Hogan Tour event. And he's got a bad back. Okay, the bad back happened. On, we start on the back nine, bad back, and. I think we bogeyed the first hole, of course. I mean, we usually do. You know, that we make birdie and shoot 62. We bogeyed the first hole, and it got so bad that on the 16th hole or 15th hole, I have to get the ball out of the hole because he can't bend over to pick it up. Hmm. We also have a chip shot on 16 that right when he's going to chip, I coughed, and he got mad at me. But anyway, at the, at the, on the, at the ninth hole or 18th hole of the tournament, I mean, the Ninth hole of the round, 18th hole on the golf course. He says, I'll see you at the car. I'm going to change our plane flight. And I said, we ain't leaving, dude. We're in Lake City, Florida. It's no fucking, <clears throat> there's nowhere close to go. We're in Lake City, Florida. We're going back to Scottsdale, Arizona. So he goes into the clubhouse with the cleats, you know, the. <laughs> I go to the first tee. We shoot 30. 30. <laughs> in the back nine. Okay. 30. We ended up finishing like 14th in the tournament. But no, if it would have been, that was probably one of the only times that we didn't just say, pack it in and move on. No, we, we never, yeah. I don't think we ever shot 75. We might have shot 74 and not quit, but no, never never 75. So yeah, good point on your point, Dobby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should we uh, talk about old JT and Seamus? You know what? Uh, it was hard to watch. It was hard to watch today, you know, and, and, and you, you know, you once told me, you know, at Phoenix Country Club three or four years ago, you told me you were standing on the 10th tee 
and he was playing with a couple of their tour pros. And the one tour might pro might have been playing with Colt. He might have been, yeah. Maybe. And the first player, whoosh, second player, whoosh, and the third player, whoosh. and you said to me that this this guy's driver had a different sound than a lot of people that you've seen on tour. And what did you mean by that? Yeah, it just and and I think you know there's there's guys that you'll you'll you know if you walk the range there's guys that will just sort of be okay you look at it and it's good and 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 it's all fine and then you see a person and it's just like bang and it just it's just a little different and um jt's a little different i mean he hits it he hits it he hits it hard he's not the i don't think he's the longest guy on tour but it just was a very compressed really sound solid sounding shot but um you know you talk about scar tissue um, hopefully JT won't have scar tissue from what happened today. Um, he's trying to win a golf tournament and he was in control and um, four up. He's pick- four up Dolby. He's four. He's four up with five to go. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's get into the house and let's move on. You know, and he hits it out of bounds by literally. And if, if, if literally he hit it out of bounds by an inch, you know, I, I, these, the rules officials had this, this wire, this rope going down, and he's like, are you sure it's not touching? I mean, it's literally, it's out by this much, this. Yeah. And, you know, and then he knocks it, you know, he, he hits a he hits a decent fourth shot just to the right of the green, playing lift clean in place. So he gets to almost put it on the fringe and then hits an awful, awful chip and makes seven, you know, and then Han's involved and Han backs it up um, and then, you know, same as Power, who's who's trying to keep his card because he really doesn't have he doesn't have full status this year, but then he ends up winning on like the fifth or sixth playoff hole because Poston hits it in the water on eighteen, which is the fifth or sixth playoff hole, literally by another inch. I mean, it oh, was man. Yeah. it was really it, it was really tough to watch. I mean, especially for a guy that was in complete control. Um, and I don't know Seamus Power. I don't know JT Post, and you 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 probably know both of them. But it was it was hard to watch the end of that golf tournament because I'd rather see somebody win a golf tournament than watch somebody lose a golf tournament. Yeah, no, for for That's sure. And, and 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 you're right. And it's not fun to watch something like that happen to anybody. Um, for Seamus Power, this was a huge. A huge day because oh. um, he started the week, started the week on the FedEx list at 126. So he's he's one out of the playoffs if things were to have been done. Um, now this the Barbasol Championship. The points are not as you don't get as many points for the for the win, but he's now projected at 69, and so um, that's a huge jump in terms of the um, the playoffs. But then also with the win. Now he gets the two-year exemption. He doesn't get some things, but he gets the two-year exemption that um, now gives him some freedom to, um, to to set his schedule a little bit differently. And um, I'm sure for him and his family, this is just a you know this is a, a massive deal today that that um, that happened. And and you you know you do feel bad for JT because he's yeah you know I know him he's a good guy and it's just um you know you never hate you hate to see somebody give one away. Should that I know Merritt won this tournament, I think, in, what, 18? Um, mm-hmm. Should this the winner of this tournament be invited to the Masters? 
I think as good as these players are on the PGA Tour, that I think that the the members at Augusta, I think it would be nice for them to invite all the winners of all the tournaments. Um, I know, you know, the argument is that the full field isn't there, but um, I, I, you know, it certainly doesn't doesn't. It's it's what two three more players in the in the field. So yeah, I think that it would be nice if they they invited um, invited him, and and hopefully he'll find a way there. Um, there are some good things that happen with a win. Obviously, the two years he's going to get to go to to Maui to play in the Tournament of Champions um, right away in January. I think he gets into the PGA Championship via this win. So there's some there's some good does. things that happen, but it's just um, yeah, it's it's you know you want to get to Augusta. And you feel like if you win a tournament on the PGA Tour, you should get to Augusta. And he probably gets courtesy cars now at every event that he uh, <clears throat> that he plays in for the next couple of years. Correct? I would think he's going to be just fine with uh, with with the nice things. His his agent can go to work and probably get him some nice deals this fall. Hey, uh, Chris Schubert, the executive producer of the show. Chris, I want to talk to you for a second about uh, your show. Uh, gambling show that you have on uh on all az are you there schubert hello gentlemen oh look at this we've, we've added some man you don't shave either no so we went, no, we we went from last beard. dobby had a full beard last week or the last time we did <laughs> this did. show i've got this goatee yeah. and you look like you like you just uh i don't know whatever it might be so a good friend of yours eric cohen who you mm -hmm. host a uh, a gambling show we and we're going to mute bets, Dolby for yeah. a minute because we're going to we're going to mute Dolby just for a minute. He had well, you don't have to mute bet. me. You don't have to you don't have to mute me, but I'm going to tell you why I'm going to stay out of this discussion. Okay. Um why? On our on our on our radio integrity. show we talked about the integrity program. Um I actually uh the PJ Tour sent out a class. I had to do a class. Uh I did it just a couple weeks ago. Um, about the integrity program and, and kind of, you know, now they're, 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 the PGA Tour is, is going to start getting involved with legalized gambling. But as a coach, um, as a player, as a coach, as a manager, um, we're supposed to stay out of conversation. So I'm happy to, happy to listen, but I'm not going to say too much. <laughs> okay, so disclaimer out of the way. He got to this, and he did this a couple years ago too. He actually read it word for word on, when we were back on the uh, on live radio. But podcasts are a lot better. So your boy Eric Cohen made a, and I yeah. never, I didn't know you could do something like this. Okay, he made a bet this year that Scotty Scheffler would finish in the top twenty in all four majors. Now he got the first one right, the second one right. He got the third one right, and then today he had to sweat out the fact that Scotty Scheffler had to finish in the top 20. Now he finished seventh, and I'm not going to say how much he won, but it did it did have a comma in it. It had a number and a comma, okay, and then a couple of numbers and then a period. I mean, with the so, my question to you is, is he a good gambler? Oh, that's I'm so glad you asked me that question. So. We have our, uh, all, all easy bets videos that we do, and constantly in the pre-show, he's like, "I got." And I watch him. I bet. watch him. But he's always he's always got a great golf bet, 
Like even before we're doing the show, and we're doing it about college football, we we pick baseball stuff, NFL props, we're doing all sorts of stuff. But there's always a quick five minute golf conversation that he and I have, where he's got something, he's got somebody to beat to have a better round than this guy. He's just all over the place. He actually does pretty well, uh, so I have to give him I have to give him credit because you know he he makes some good picks on this show, so we'll we'll give him credit. We're credit. He he, te- he he texted me last night. He goes, okay, there's this there's this weird bet. Uh, Highest finish among people outside of the top three going into the final round. I'm like, who comes up with this stuff? Yeah, he and he the said, weirdest do you like Rom? Yeah, he goes, do you like Rom? I said, yeah, that's your winner. And he bet it today, and I'm going to take credit because if I would have said no, he wouldn't. Have, he probably would have bet it anyway. But I'm going to take credit and, and and say that I'm the one that made him the money on Rom. But uh, hey, when is when do you guys you guys do your show? What once a week? Your yeah, easy bets. No- yeah, normally comes out on Fridays on the All AZ uh, Sports YouTube channel where you see this show. Uh, we post that content normally uh, every Friday. The recording schedule is a little off. Eric's been doing some traveling lately. But yeah, all content all throughout uh, the sports calendar. We're going to have some NFL stuff coming up here pretty soon. But yeah, on a weekly basis, we do we do different stuff. And uh, there'll be some golf stuff coming soon. Okay, now you see how we segue to your show? Maybe on your show, you could segue to me sure. and Dolby? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I'll give you guys a shout right. out. No problem. Uh, Schubert, I know you got to leave in about nine minutes, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna finish this show up in a second. But thanks for coming on, pal. No problem, guys. All right, Dolby. Now you're not muted anymore. <clears throat> okay, I'm back. I, and I'm I, back. I understand. I understand where you, I understand where you're going. You're coming from with that integrity rule, but I mean, gambling's become such a big thing, especially in golf. But uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you're leaving uh, Monday morning. Tomorrow. Yep. Tomorrow afternoon. Tomorrow morning. Okay, so everybody knows that we're taping the show on Sunday now, um, which is all good. Um, 3M, Minnesota. I know Sean O'Hare withdrew last week. Neck injury, is that serious? No. It, I mean, it's it's obviously it's something that's of concern, but it's generally it happens to Sean once or twice a year. Um, he had been on the road for, for, um, for six weeks, six weeks in a row. And um, unfortunately, the the neck just got a little a little off, and and so um, I'm sure he'll be fine um, just with a few days off. That's kind of usually the the recipe. But when I when you texted me and said O'Hare withdrew, I just said I, I literally said, "Are you okay, neck?" And that was it. And he's like, "Yep." And then just it was uh, it's one of those things for him. His his he's actually. Um, his spine is a little bit crooked. And so there's always going to be a little bit of stuff that he's got to do and, and maybe just miss the day stretching, who knows, and or he slept wrong. And, and it just um, unfortunately had to withdraw, withdrew because um, his game's in, in much better shape. He's, and he even said he's liking where his game is. And, and so I'm excited to see him. Um, Troy's flying back um, from, the, from the Open Championship right now. Um, they get the charter comes from Sandwich, England to Minneapolis straight through. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing him on Tuesday morning and getting to work and seeing if if we can get one more good one, one more real good finish before the playoffs start. Um, that would put us in a really good position to um, maybe make a run at Atlanta this year. That's kind of the goal to um, and that's what we've been talking about all year is getting to the tour championship. That's something that Troy hasn't done, so I'd, I'd be really excited for him if he got to, to Atlanta at the end of the at, at the end of the season. Hey, I, I know things have changed. I know he's in the mid 60s or low 70s right <clears> now going into 
to the, the FedEx Cup. So it used to be 120, 125, and then you got to 100, then you went to 60, and then you went to 30. How, is it still the same way like that now? No, so the playoffs, like you said, there used to be four playoff tournaments. Now there's three. Right. And so the, the first one is the Northern Trust. It's at Liberty National, just outside of New York City. Um, that's the first one. Then the BMW, which is actually this year in, in Maryland. The BMW Championship, every other year it'll be in Chicago, the Western Golf Association and the Western, remember the Western Open. So they're always, right. it, the plan is to always bring it back to Chicago every other year. This year it's in Maryland. And then after the BMW, it's the Tour Championship, but it goes 125. That's the first one. Then they cut to um is it 70 now you got me thinking um 70 or 75 and then um 30 on top then, then 30 th top 70 125 70 and then the top 30 go to the tour championship hmm. all right but hey yeah. podcast number two is podcast number two is over congratulations <clears throat> Congratulations on your win with Gavin Aurelia at the, at the Junior World. To me, that is the coolest thing in the world. I know, like I said in the show, you've had 18 victories, but I can I, I can tell in your voice the other day this was this was a pretty cool deal. Uh, congratulations again. Have a great yeah, week in Minnesota, and and we'll and we'll talk uh, we'll talk next week, and hopefully we can talk about something that could happen with uh, Troy Mayer or Sean O'Hare. Yeah, and and, uh, and a shout out before we leave to our our, our boys at Burrito Express. Um, you know yes. they take care of us. So um, green chili, say, green chili breakfast burrito. That's the one. Green chili breakfast burrito. Yeah, that's the one. All right, one. here in Nebraska, you, you, you know, right? You, you can get, find them. Okay, so hey, real here. quick before you before you stop, here's what I found out. They have okay. a cousin that opened. They opened a Jimmy John's in Lincoln, Nebraska. And we talked about this in the last show. The store was too big that they took Jimmy John's whoosh, right in half, and the other half is Burrito Express. I told you I'd get to the bottom of this, so that's what happened. Thanks to Adam Blanco I, for telling me that, by the yep, way. That's it. I hope they're killing it in Lincoln. Yeah, and uh, congratulations to my friend Chris Severson, who successfully picked Seamus Power to win this week's Barbersall. Don't ask me how, don't ask me why, but he did tell me that Seamus Power was going to win the Barbersall, and he did. It's uh, I, I don't understand it, but I'll give him credit for it. That is shocking. All right, folks, we'll see you, we'll see you in, uh, next week. Thanks for listening to Bump and Run with Bernie and Dolby, presented by Burrito Express, your local burrito hit, joint. We'll see you next week. Hit them straight, everybody.